Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. to be some process for determining those questions. And then the question becomes, does anything in the 14th Amendment say that only Congress can create that process? And, and Section 5 very clearly is not an exclusive provision. It says Congress shall have power. But maybe and, put m most boldly, I think that the question that you have to confront is why a single state should decide who gets to be president of the United States. In other words, you know, this question of whether a former president is disqualified for insurrection uh, to be president. That's Elena Kagan. The hearing in front of the Supreme Court, Justice Elena Kagan, regarding Colorado saying we're going to remove Trump from the ballot because he is guilty of insurrection. He's never been charged. He's never been adjudicated guilty. Who is the state of Colorado to decide such a thing? Again, all emotion, no rational thought. Not a way to run a country. And for the people screaming on social media, you understand how silly you look. You think your emotion should run a country. This all, MSNBC screaming threat to democracy doesn't make anything a threat to democracy. You believing it and then thinking that Colorado can throw somebody off the ballot, that's a threat to democracy. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you guys. Sometimes things have to break so they can be rebuilt. And I think a lot of these emotional people they need to break away from the madness so they can rebuild a mind. We don't have to agree on everything. But Colorado can say, we think he, he's guilty of insurrection, so therefore we decide how the people can vote? That's madness. And it seems that the Supreme Court agrees because as people like Jonathan Turley noted, you know, maybe Colorado was going to get a, uh, the state of Colorado was going to get a kind of cool reception from, from the Supreme Court. What they got was downright glacial. Because everybody sees that this is nutty. Nutty and dangerous. What it is Colorado is trying to do. And there were some very, very good questions asked. Regarding, uh, well, if, if if first there's a difference between running for office and holding for office, holding office, and then there's this. I ask you again the question that Justice Gorsuch asked, and you to which you responded by citing the de facto officer doctrine. But suppose we look at that going forward rather than judging uh, the validity of an act committed between the time when a president allegedly engages in an insurrection and the time when the president leaves office. During that interim period, would it be lawful for military commanders and other officers to disobey orders of the, uh, of the, the president in question? 
These are all very good questions. Uh, that from Justice Samuel Alito. Um, the the only question that I think people are asking is: Will the decision from the Supreme Court be seven to two, eight to one, or nine nothing? Uh, I'm betting on eight one. From how Katanji Brown Jackson asked her questions and Elena Kagan, I get the feeling that the only person on the outside will be the solely political Sonia Sotomayor. I will be very surprised if she votes to say, of course, Trump can be on the ballot. You're all crazy. Because she's an ideologue. She does, she does not adjudicate. She only votes. There, there is no adjudication when it comes to her. None whatsoever. So I will be stunned if she says, yeah, even I have to say, Colorado, you're nuts. I'm going with an 8-1 in favor of Trump being on the ballot and let the people decide whether or not they want him. Me? I'll deal with my reality, but I'll say it again. We could have had DeSantis. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC, good morning. NBA All-Star Game, Indianapolis, Indiana. It's going to be good because the party is shaping up. Jelly Roll's coming. I'm set. I'm good. It's going to be a good time. Tony Katz, uh, good to be with you. Danny Lopez joins us right now, Vice President of External Relations and Corporate Communications with the Indiana Pacers, Pacers Sports and entertainment. Jelly Roll was the latest uh, announcement uh, of part of the NBA weekend. Talk to me about uh, who's been signed, who's coming, and what can fans expect over those three days. Morning, Tony. How are you? Good. Yeah, I'm doing uh, you fine. Know, it's, listen, it's, listen it's, it's, it's a good lineup. I mean, it was Jennifer Hudson they announced uh, singing at, at halftime. They've announced T-Pain. They've announced Keith Urban. It's uh, it's going to be a really good good lineup. There's a good mix of performances, and then again, that's only a piece of it. Uh, obviously, we want people to come downtown and just experience the whole thing, take it all in. There's going to be a ton going on downtown. So, when we talk about a ton going on, talk to me about uh, the, the the days that we have. Who's who's performing when and where, and how do people get to go to those events? So the best way that people can check out both the schedules as they come together and also tickets to different concerts and things like that is at NBAAllStar2024.com. That's also where we're pushing everything information that they need uh, to come downtown in terms of road closures and traffic patterns and where to park and all that kind of stuff. All of that information is on that site. Uh, you know, the biggest thing is we, we announced this past week the opening tip. Tony, this is the first time. The NBA has ever done anything like this of this nature, and we're doing it on Thursday night. We've got national. We haven't announced the lineup for that one, but we've got national national artists that's coming in. That's a surprise. We're going to have fireworks. We're going to have local musicians. We're going to have remarks. We're going to have a, a you know a special celebration of of one of Indiana's really kind of great uh, all time legends. So there's a lot that's happening that night. That's sold out in about 20 minutes. But what we tell people is. Whether or not those events are sold out, come downtown. There's, you're going to be able to watch the fireworks from anywhere. And just walking around, there's just so much happening. There's things that you're going to be able to pop into, like just art galleries or DJs. that are, We're going to have DJs, 24 DJs that we announced yesterday playing all over the city. So they're going to be 
just popping up on street corners or popping up in, in buildings uh, where you'll be able to walk around. You'll hear music, different kinds of music all throughout Indy's down, you know, the home court downtown. So lots going on. It's not just a basketball event. We, like we talked about last time, we try to tell people this is just really just a big party that happens to have some basketball elements. Talking to Danny Lopez, uh, the vice president of external relations and corporate communications. So you're not going to give me some of the people that are coming that haven't been announced. This is the moment and the time. And you're like, no, <laughs> uh, sadly, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not allowed to break the news. Tony. If I, if I could, I would, but that's the NBA's uh, to break. So that, you've seen what's that's... been announced I and mean, you gotta be excited. You're excited about jelly roll. That was one well, I was I jelly roll, Cause that got announced. I want the stuff that hasn't been announced. Who is Adam silver to tell me it can't be announced. Bring him on the show. I'll have some words with, with the man. Uh, over the course of these three days, you talk about things happening all across the city. Um, what is the the talk about safety and security? Uh, how has the the organization and the NBA gone uh, about this, and what can people expect as they're heading downtown? Yeah, I, and this is obviously a big question. I know it's on a lot of people's minds. People want to know when they come downtown, you know, one, how are they going to stay safe how are we keeping people safe uh, and then also just generally when you've got 125,000 people that are coming into an area like this um, how do you get around how, how is it easy I mean the, the beauty of a place like Indianapolis doing these events it's one of the reasons that we're so good at these events is that we have an actual campus everything's so connected to so many of the you know if you got 8,500 hotel rooms or so in the area more than half of them are connected by a pedestrian walkway that's covered so it's easy to get around you can get to the venues pretty easily We've been working with the NBA. Uh, we've been working with IMPD. We can, we've been working with state police and IDHS on a security plan, again, for the last seven years we've been at this. Remember, Tony, that we started this all the way back in 2017. So we've been having these conversations on how to keep people safe uh, in this kind of environment for a long time. The NBA does this better than anybody. And so it's going to be a good environment. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and, and then ch- do check out, you know, and, and the other place you can go is pacers.com slash info. There's really uh, good interactive maps on there, so you can see what the traffic patterns are going to be like. And we've also designed two uh, two routes, a blue route and a gold route, that folks can follow to get around the downtown so they can work around their the street closures. What I tell everybody is, look, the closer you get to the venues, obviously the more congested it's going to be and the more traffic there will be, and some of the streets will be closed. For Friday and Saturday that are at Lucas Oil, most of the events are at Lucas Oil, it's, expect something like a Colts game. It'll it'll feel like a Colts game in that area. The rest of the time, it, it won't be onerous, but, you know, there'll be some streets closed. So just make sure you get on there before you come downtown, check it out, know where you're going, and have an idea of where you want to park. Talking to Danny Lopez, Vice President of External Relations and Corporate Communications for Pacer Sports and Entertainment, the Indiana Pacers. Uh, as as this weekend comes up and you've got the events uh, going on around town, um, were, were artists picked based on uh, we think that this is encompassing the entirety of the of the fan base, or were artists picked on based who on whoever said yes? Oh, so I mean the NBA that that NBA handles that, not us. First of all, so I don't I want to be careful. I don't want to speak for them, but I, I mean I know that they do look at. Um, a mix. Last year was the same. All the ones that we've been to, the you know, the all stars that we've been to as we've been planning this process have been the same. They really tried to uh, be inclusive in the way that they choose these acts to make sure that there's somebody, something for everybody uh, when they're coming downtown, Tony. So 
I mean, you're going to see a, a pretty healthy mix of, of different genres of music. And by the way, even what we control, like the DJs that we've contracted with to have downtown, even with that, we've ensured that we've got a pretty healthy mix of music genres so that when people are downtown, like they own the experience and, and that it's, you know, custom made for them. Now let's talk about the big stuff, which is tickets. Um, what's sold out? What is not? And how would people, if there is something available, get them? Yeah, so pretty much everything that we've put on sale for the major events um, have have been sold out. Um, you know, it, these things go super quickly, obviously. Even even stuff that isn't, aren't basketball events uh, has had sold out, like the opening tip. Although, the what the one thing that there's tickets for that I would encourage people to do, because it's just an awesome experience, is the NBA crossover. So crossover is, you know, the NBA's version of, Center, Tony. This is the largest uh, NBA crossover the league has ever done. So it's a massive footprint uh, in the convention center. And you go in. It's there's you know we're going to have legends in there signing autographs. There's interactive exhibits. Um, there's things for kids. There's hoops that kids can shoot on. Uh, there's music in there. There's all kinds of kind of like neat art things that are going on. So it's a really cool experience. You can go on uh, NBAAllStar2024.com. There's tickets on there. They're reasonably priced for families. I think it's $35 for adults and $20 for kids. And you can come down there and, and spend a ton of time in there, which is a really uh, a really fun and popular event. Now the other thing, cut too, out, is... You, hold on. I'm going to interrupt you because you cut out on me for just a second. Describe it again. What is the NBA crossover? So the NBA crossover is the NBA's version of FanFest, essentially. So think think music and fashion and hoops that kids can shoot on and interactive exhibits, um, all kinds of those, those, you know, legends and alums that are coming in to sign autographs, uh, all kinds of those types of interactive exhibits. This is, like I said, this is the, the, the largest one that the NBA has ever done at an all-star like this. So it's a, it's a really big footprint at the convention center and it's going to be a really good time. And the tickets are, there's obviously still tickets that people can purchase. They're reasonably priced. Um, at $35 for adults and $20 for kids. So that's a good time. I mean, when I, if I bring my kids downtown for the weekend, that's what I'm looking, looking at first. I want to make sure I check that out uh, because that's going to be a lot of fun. So, and again, there might be, you might see tickets to HBC. You might see tickets to some of the different events. Get on uh, NBAAllStar2024.com because those things are updating constantly. That is Danny Lopez. He is the vice president of external relations and corporate communications for Pacer Sports and Entertainment, the Indiana Pacers, All-Star Weekend next weekend right here in Indianapolis. Uh, Indiana's pride. I have no idea if that's the way they say it. I just did. <laughs> Danny Lopez, always a pleasure, man. I appreciate you taking the time. I'm definitely interested, but from the outside, it seems like this could devolve or evolve into something that brings the entire world into conflict and could um, initiate some a nuclear launch. And so why don't you just call Biden and say, let's work this out? What's there to work out? It's very simple. I repeat, we have contacts through various agencies. I will tell you what we are saying on this matter and what we are conveying to the U.S. leadership.
If you really want to stop fighting, you need to stop supplying weapons. It will be over within a few weeks. That's it. And then we can agree on some terms. Before you do that, stop. What's easier? Why would I call him? What should I talk to him about? Or beg him for what? And, and what messages do you get back? You're going to deliver such and such weapons to Ukraine? Oh, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, please don't. What is there to talk about? Do you think NATO that is... That is part of the interview that Tucker Carlson had with Vladimir Putin. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC, good morning, and certainly you should watch it for yourself. I, I've caught pieces. I have not yet been able to sit down and watch the whole thing. I'm hoping to do that today or over the weekend. Uh, I, I, I will only engage one bit of commentary thus far, uh, which is there was a, a video going around from this, a clip uh, about how Tucker, and and rightfully so, asked Putin to release Evan Gershkovich, who is the Wall Street Journal reporter who was taken by Russia. This is is that clip as I have it. I just gotta ask you one last question, and that's about Evan Gershkovich, who's the Wall Street Journal reporter. He's 32, and he's been in prison for almost a year. And I just wanna ask you directly, if as a sign of your decency, you would be willing to release him to us and we'll bring him back to the United States. We have done so many gestures of goodwill out of decency that I think we have run out of them. We have never seen anyone reciprocate to us in a similar manner. However, in theory, we can say that we do not rule out that we can do that if our partners take reciprocal steps. What makes this difference is the guy's obviously not a spy, he's a kid, and maybe he was breaking your law in some way, but he's not a super spy, and everybody knows that, and he's being held hostage in exchange, which is true. With respect, it's true, and everyone knows it's true. So maybe he's in a different category. Maybe it's not fair to ask for you know somebody else in exchange for letting him out. Maybe it degrades Russia to do that. He was receiving classified, confidential information, and he did it covertly. I mean, this is a 32-year-old He committed something different. He's not just a journalist. I reiterate, he's a journalist who was secretly getting confidential information. I do not rule out that the person you refer to, Mr. Gershkovitz, may return to his motherland. By the end of the day, it does not make any sense to keep him in prison in Russia. I hope you let him out. Now, I saw that, and I said, that looks so edited up. I don't actually believe the conversation went that way. Again, I haven't seen the entire interview. I am very glad that Tucker would ask about Gershkovich. Um, the only commentary I have to the interview thus far is some reaction I've seen on social media regarding Putin can literally give a history of Russia going back to the beginning of time, and Joe Biden doesn't know who he's talking to. And making that comparison. Two things I would state regarding this. Uh, number one, um, the idea that you would listen to Putin and trust anything he says, even about Russia's history, without fact-checking every part of it, is nutty. Trusting Vladimir Putin is insane. This is a KGB agent through and through. Even though he was a lousy KGB agent, 
uh, he's been trained to lie. His entire life is based on deception. And if you don't think that his entire reality is predicated on bringing back the glory of Mother Russia and the Soviet Union, which he takes as a personal failing that it fell, I, I, that's unserious. The second thing to note is that the people making this comparison aren't in every case trying to talk up Vladimir Putin. They're noticing a problem with our commander in chief. And we have a problem with our commander in chief. And as I have put out on social media, the phone number is 317-239-9393, 239-9393. Explain to me, you're a Democrat, you're an independent, you're a Republican, why should Joe Biden be still be in office? Why shouldn't he be removed with the 25th Amendment? Explain to me why he should still be there without using the term, but Trump. I await your phone call. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. The- Matt Bear on Facebook, someone is selling a conversion van with like the back row of seats that turns into a bed and it's got a 13-inch color TV and a VCR. Oh, that's a party van. What are we doing? <laughs> We're going to a dead concert. <laughs> we are obviously going to a dead concert and selling grilled cheese sandwiches. <laughs> We're ready for Dave Matthews this summer. No, no, no one's really ready for Dave Matthews. But this, I don't mind Dave Matthews. Um, this is awesome. <laughs> this is, this, it's, it's the full conversion van. Oh, Oh, you could do you could do much with this. How would you it's paint the, it? It's got the four captain's chairs and everything else. Oh, guys. I'm pretty sure. Wait, is that a dustbuster? It comes with its own dustbuster? <laughs> what are we doing? Does it have a cigarette lighter, one of those you push in? If, if it doesn't, I'm not buying it. Well, on, no. no that's a uh, there it is. It's right there uh, as, as, as like an end table. With the with the where the VCR is, there's literally an ashtray, a cup holder, and the push button cigarette lighter. <laughs> When was this van made? This van was made in 1706. Right. It's a 1988 Ford E-150. There you go. Runs like a dream. No power steering. We'll run forever. We'll run forever. Oh, because you know what I need to do is buy one more car. You need a show van. Oh, Oh, I do. Right? Just put TK on the side of it. Eat, drink, smoke on the other. Yeah. Have an antenna on top. You can broadcast from anywhere. All right, sold. I'm making an offer. Right. It's 53 degrees in the American Standard Heating Weather Center. The time is 747. I did not share classified information. I did not share it. With your ghostwriter. With my ghostwriter. I did not. Guarantee you did not. What the counsel said. Well, the special counsel kind of disagrees, Mr. President, that you did share classified information. Special counsel disagrees. It's page three of, of the report. Mark classified documents about Afghanistan. And they had the markings uh, up to the top secret sensitive compartmented information level found in your garage. Identified classified information published in Promise Me, Dad, which is a book that was written. 
include some classified information from those notebooks with his ghostwriter. That's in the special counsel's report. All those documents that Joe Biden had in his garage, had in his offices, here, there, and everywhere, there was classified information that he willfully took. And what did he do? He blamed his staff. He didn't take responsibility. I should have had better oversight of my staff, is not taking responsibility. Then he claims that it never happened. All that doesn't matter. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. What matters is that the special counsel's report comes out yesterday afternoon and the White House held a press conference that evening. They put Joe Biden front and center in front of America at 8 o'clock in the evening when it's clear Joe Biden is not capable of being out at 8 o'clock in the evening. Why would they do it? Let's take, a, let's take a step back, and now let's think like people who are engaged in the political world. Why would the White House respond? They don't do press conferences with Joe Biden. He'll do the gaggle around the, uh, the helicopter around Marine One, but not press conferences like this. Why would they do it? They usually do it in that fake set. Well, that's where they do announcements. They don't even do the press conferences. Why? They did it because something about the special counsel's report is so damaging and so damning and so brutalizing to any level of re-election opportunity that they had to confront it. It is the only reason to have the press conference. I don't care if you're on the political left or right. I don't actually give a damn. The facts are here. It's the only reason to have the press conference. Now, as for the press conference itself, you are trying to prove to people that you're a guy who has a mind, you're not somebody who has lost a step, and you refer to the president, uh, you refer to al-Sisi as the president of Mexico, al-Sisi is the president of Egypt, and you're talking about opening up the Rafah gate to get aid to people in Gaza, and you refer to him as the president of Mexico, things did not go well for Joe Biden. And as my social media feed on X will show you, When I ask people to defend why Joe Biden should still be president of the United States without using the term but Trump, they can't do it. They won't do it. They're so emotionally wrecked, they can't actually have a conversation. But you and I can. And it's a conversation we've been having having all week. And to the extent that we were first to it, I doubt we're the first people to say that Joe Biden's not okay but certainly loudest to the idea that the 25th Amendment has to be enacted and Joe Biden has to go? Oh, sure, it's going to mean President Kamala Harris. So what? Well, she's a damn fool. I wholeheartedly agree, but she knows what day it is and she's not talking to dead people. Do you want the country to survive or do you want your politics? And it is clear from my social media feed that people on the left want their politics. It's all they care about. Nothing else matters to them. Many other things matter to me. The cabinet should be convened, the 25th Amendment should be enacted, and Joe Biden should be removed as president of the United States today. And every other conversation is political, claptrap, bullcrap, and has no place. The nation before your ideology. I didn't know that that was such a shocking thing to say. 
before your desire for a political win. I'll talk more about it in the next hour. Matt Paris, traffic. Northbound, 465 slow, 70 up to Penn Pike, and then coming out of the north split. That's dragging northbound 65 from the north split to Meridian Penn. Traffic sponsored by Suburban Indy Home and Outdoor Living Show. The Spring Suburban Indy Home and Outdoor Living Show offers free parking and $5 tickets at SuburbanIndyShows.com February 9th through the 11th at Grand Park in Westfield. I'm Matt Bear with traffic on the fives. Follow us at WIBC Traffic. <laughs> 